of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearest Heavenly Lord, we just thank you so much for the gift of your Son, for bringing us here, giving us this opportunity to grow deeper in love with you and the knowledge of our faith, and how we are called to witness that faith to all of those in our midst, Lord. Lord, may you bless our time together, this opportunity that we have to share about the beautiful ways that you are at work in our lives and leading us uh, to, to truly share your hope, your truth, and your love to others. And we lift up these and all other cares that remain in the silence of our hearts to your most holy and precious name. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Nicole. So for me, I've been serving now as a missionary for 15 years. I never thought I would still be here. Uh, so it's truly a lifelong call, a vocation that Christ has given me. Uh, but I remember when I was actually quite young and I um, was going to the local Christian school in my area and we would, I, would, I remember I was probably about eight or 10 years old when I first heard that there are people out in the world who have never heard of Jesus Christ. And this made me so sad because from as early as I can remember, I've just had this deep love of Jesus Christ and I could feel his love for me so intensely. And to think that there are people out in the world who, who didn't know the love of Jesus, oh, it made me so sad. And then I remember hearing at the same time about these courageous young individuals, um, these people called missionaries, who would go out and leave their homes, and go out into foreign cultures, foreign lands, far away from home, and they would preach the gospel. They would share Christ with others and um, give them that sense of hope, that, that joy, that love, uh, that is so much a part of our experience of a live relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's amazing. Um, Never in my wildest dreams at that time could I have imagined that Christ would be calling me uh, to, to such um, an honored vocation. And so, in fact, you know, I, I, my, my whole life was going in a very different direction, or so I thought. Uh, you know, the Lord definitely has a way of using us wherever we are uh, in all the circumstances of our lives that have led us up to the present to use those experiences, our personality, our character, um, our goods and our bads, uh, our spiritual gifts, our charisms, uh, to lead us in the way that he's calling us. And, and as for myself, you know, I was very blessed with a pretty strong intellect um, and a very loving family uh, that you know, really gave, gave flame to that intellect and um, opportunities to do well in school and uh, go pretty far, and I remember a number of years ago, I was actually uh, teaching in Japan for a year, and I had an opportunity to go to Stanford for graduate school, and so I was very excited about this, um, and it was halfway through my time at Stanford that I actually had an opportunity to return to uh, Asia for language study, and 
Uh, it definitely jumped on that opportunity because I had really, over the last bunch of years of my life at that point, um, I had really developed a deep love of Asia, just this incredible fascination with the people, the history, the culture, the language. Um, and I'd studied both Japanese and Chinese. And so it was this wonderful opportunity now to, to go overseas again to Asia and, and study uh, one of the local languages. But during my time overseas, during the semester-long program, um, things didn't work out in the program. And so I ended up finding myself with two months left in my visa. And I didn't know, you know, I mean, I was about ready to graduate from Stanford when I finished my semester abroad. And I already had a number of good job offers waiting for me. And I didn't know when I was going to have this kind of free time, you know, two months overseas in Asia. And so I remember praying to God. <laughs> and I, I said, Lord, I don't know when I'm going to have this kind of time ever again on my hands. Um, but I want to use it well to the best of my ability. I, I don't want to squander this time that I have here. And I must say, um, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> because a few days later, I found myself at a local restaurant uh, and uh, ordered food. And as the food began to arrive, I did as I always do, whether at home or in a public space. I prayed before my meal. And about a couple minutes later, a complete stranger comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder, says, excuse me, I see you're just here eating by yourself. Would you like to join my friend and I over there at table? And I thought, why not? With my program now dissipated, it would be a great opportunity to meet with more of the local people and engage with them. And after we were done seated and introducing one another, he said, you know, I couldn't help but notice that over there you were praying before your meal. Now I see that you're wearing a cross around your neck. Are you a Christian? And at first I was taken aback by his question because the region of Asia that I was studying in um, has a kind of a history of persecuting the church and so the last thing that I thought was somebody was going to ask me if I was a Christian. And, um, but I thought about it, and you know, Jesus Christ is the core of who I am. Um, and I've loved him my entire life. He's the greatest love of my life. And so I knew there was really only one way I could respond. And so I said, yes, I am a Christian. And I wasn't prepared for his response because he said, that's wonderful. You see, some of us here at table are interested in learning about Christianity. And we're hoping that you can share your faith in Jesus Christ with us. Wow. I didn't see that coming, especially in this place which doesn't necessarily welcome uh, the Christian faith. And I remember just <laughs> to the Holy Spirit asking for his assistance and I began to share with them who Jesus Christ is for me who he is for the world and who he can be for each of them and it was this beautiful time of uh, sharing in faith and fellowship over the breaking of the bread very much like we hear about in the early church and it's just spent hours in conversation answering their questions about our Catholic faith and and sharing the, the beauty of who Jesus Christ is um, and, and who he can really, how he can transform their lives. And I remember hours later going home that night, completely humbled and in awe of how 
the Lord had used me in this beautiful way as an instrument of his grace to lead a few of his sons and daughters there in Asia that much closer to his, his hope, his love, and his salvation. And it would only be a few days after that that I would go to this local university campus to uh, study the language on my own um, since I didn't have a language program anymore. Uh, but if you can only imagine being the white girl on an Asian university campus, inevitably, and this would happen on almost a daily basis, I would be accosted uh, by local university students who wanted to do what else but practice uh, their English with me. And, you know, I was happy to do this, of course, because it gave me an opportunity to practice my foreign language with them. Uh, but one of the things about this particular university campus, beautiful grounds, they had a lake, in the center of the campus and lots of garden areas around it and it was so beautiful and peaceful and serene. So frequently in between my self-language study, I would also go there and pray. And I would oftentimes bring my Bible along with me to pray. And on one such occasion, uh, I was accosted, <laughs> you know, approached, let's just say, by one of the local university students. And he noticed the Bible that was sitting next to me on the bench. And he said, excuse me, but is that a Bible? And I said, yes, it is. And he said, so are you a Christian? And I said, I am. And then he said, can you teach me the Bible? Wow. So he said, in this part of the world, Bibles are not easy to come by. And I've always wanted to learn more about the wisdom of what God teaches in the Bible. And so, with another quick prayer to the Holy Spirit, because I really needed him now, because honestly, if you look at your own situation, <laughs> and if somebody were to approach you and say, hello, complete stranger, can you teach me the Bible? I mean, my goodness, where do you even begin, right? Uh, but one of the things that I learned, and very much through the example of Christ himself, if you think about it, according to the Jewish method of teaching and learning, Jesus actually he asks more questions than he answers. And so in response to this uh, young man's question, I asked him, what do you already know about the Bible? And then based on his response, I was able to build upon his foreknowledge and also correct any misunderstandings that he might have. And then just the Holy Spirit just really just entered into our conversation and blessed it so beautifully that we just had this incredible conversation talking for several hours by the side of the lake. And very much like the people that I met at dinner a few nights earlier, uh, before we parted ways, I made sure to gather um, his contact information so that we could continue this conversation at a later date. Because one of the things I was starting to learn is that evangelization begins with relationship. It's usually not this one-time thing that we have. It's, I mean, we have those opportunities definitely to plant seeds of faith always, everywhere we go, all the time. Uh, but to truly uh, help to uh, lead somebody else to Christ, it really begins with that relationship um, and that relationship with that other person. And then, of course, through your own personal relationship that you have with Christ, because we cannot give what we do not have. So that's a very necessary part, is that deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ we must first have in order to be effective as evangelists. 
So when you have that relationship with Christ and then you reach out to the other to have a relationship with them, in this way they're now able to encounter Christ who is alive within you. And I call this kind of the holy trinity of evangelization, uh, these three relationships that must take place for evangelization to happen. Your own relationship with Christ, your relationship with the other person, and then ultimately the relationship that other person is able to form with Christ alive within you. And so it was this really incredible opportunity of sharing um, in the span of just about a week. But then that turned into another week of more opportunities. And it was really amazing because in this, this place, this region of Asia where uh, Christianity is not so easily found or welcomed, uh, I found people just com coming completely out of the woodwork, complete strangers who through some outward expression of my faith and simply being open to the Holy Spirit, God began to lead these people to cross paths with me to ask those same two questions. Are you a Christian? Can you tell me about Jesus? And it was this uh, just really beautiful, blessed time. And almost every other week of my last two months in Asia, uh, I just found God using me again and again in this very special, this very beautiful, humble way to lead some of his sons and daughters in Asia to come to know him. I could be praying a rosary on a hike, uh, walking outside of church, and somebody would stalk me onto the metro. Um, and they would, you know, again, they wanted to know, can I share them uh, a bit of my faith in Jesus Christ? And I've come to see that actually we all have this opportunity every day if we truly open ourselves up to the possibilities. Uh, and one of the prayers that I encourage uh, people to do, in fact, our, our mission has this confraternity of evangelism uh, where we are encouraging those who want to join uh, to pray this daily prayer. And it's, Lord Jesus Christ, help me to be a bold and humble witness of your truth and your love to all those in my midst today. Very simple prayer. But I encourage you to really consider praying this with genuine uh, love every day. And if you do, be careful, watch out, because... If you are truly genuine in this prayer, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna start leading people into your lives or making you more aware of those who are already in your midst to how you can witness Christ's truth, his love, his peace, his healing in so many beautiful and special ways to them. And not only help to lead them closer to Christ, but lead you there as well. And in this way, we find that in our efforts to be those hands and feet of Christ, to lead others closer to salvation in Jesus Christ, we are working out our own salvation as well. And they're very integrated in this very special way. And so this is something I was beginning to find for myself when I was there in Asia. But eventually my time in Asia was drawing near uh, to a close and I was getting ready to head back to the United States. And in those last two months that I was in Asia, I got to meet all these different people um, and journey with them on this beautiful journey of faith to know Christ more. And before I left, I wanted to make sure that even after I had left, they would continue to persevere on this journey of faith. And so I started taking them all to church and the last opportunity I was gonna have to go to mass with all of them, I invited them all to come 
And I spoke to the priest beforehand, and I said, Father, I'm bringing all these uh, new friends with me to church today. <laughs> and I said, uh, none of them are baptized. They're all on a journey, though, to know Christ more. And I want them to feel comfortable continuing to come to Mass even after I have returned uh, back to the U.S. And he was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And he said, come find me after Mass. And so we did. And after Mass, he led us over to a reception room uh, next to the church and uh, invited us in where he began to serve everybody tea and biscuits and uh, answer any questions that they might have and then help them feel very welcome to always come back, feel free to reach out to him at any time. And, and then I felt like I had properly passed the baton um, so then I could go home and, and feel good that they were in good hands. And, and, and thanks be to God. But uh, when I did go home finally, uh, I was basically getting ready to graduate from Stanford University. And as I mentioned, I had a number of good job offers. And uh, there's all these societal expectations upon myself as well as you know the things I was excited to do with my life and my education and everything up to this point. Um, and, and so I had these ideas, these dreams for my life. And, <laughs> and, and, but you know, sometimes we have to understand that God's ways are not man's ways. And so many times God will take these ideas that we have for ourselves and he said, I know you have these ideas for your life, but I want you to think bigger. I want you to think brighter. I want you to pull back for a moment and listen to what I'm preparing for you. And one of those things is I left Asia that weighed heavily, so heavily upon my heart was in those last two months seeing how God was able to use me again um, as an instrument of his grace to lead some of his sons and daughters there in Asia closer to his truth, his love, his salvation. Uh, but I wasn't there anymore. I was back home in the U.S. And so this question that weighed so heavily in my mind is, of all the people there in Asia, you know, well over a billion, a couple billion people, the vast majority do not know who Jesus Christ is. And I thought, if I'm not there anymore, Who's gonna, who else is going to be there for the next person who is seeking to know Christ? Who is going to lead them to journey with them, um, helping them to know Christ and enter into his church? And, and so that really, that, that pulled on my heart. And I remember reflecting on the words of the great missionary, St. Francis Xavier. And he was in India baptizing people by the thousands, right? There's a reason he is the patron saint of missionaries, together with St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, and he, even as he was baptizing so many people in India, he was really struggling because he, as many people as he was baptizing, there were so many more that he was not able to baptize. And he wrote back home to Europe, and he said... There's one reason and one reason alone not more people hereabouts are getting baptized. He said there's nobody to baptize them. There's nobody to tell them about Jesus Christ. And he said if they only knew what the situation was like here, he said they would leave their homes, their workplaces, their universities, and they would say, Lord, Lord, send me anywhere you want, even to India. And here I was back in the U.S. and I was feeling this same calling, this burning within my heart to say, Lord, Lord, 
send me. If it is your will, send me. Send me back to Asia, if it is your will. And so that was this burning in my heart, but for a while I didn't want to listen. You know, it's, you know, I was like, Lord, I know you're saying this, but you know, I'm about to graduate from a world-class university. You know, I have plans <laughs> and, uh, for my life and you know, what I want to do. And you know, maybe after I've you know, worked a really good job, I've had a family, had a nice home, my kids are out of the house, then maybe then, you know, maybe then I can give more of my time to go back to Asia or even while I'm still working, because with my educational background, I'm surely gonna be traveling to Asia a lot for work, and maybe on the weekends or something like that, I can help out the church a little bit here and there. And there are many wonderful people who are in fact doing this, and this is what Christ has called them to. But Christ was actually calling me to something far more radical than I ever could have imagined. And I remember I was all the way on the east coast of the United States, I was touring my future work facility of something that was almost going to be like my dream job. I was meeting my future coworkers and everything, and all I had to do was sign the dotted line uh, for this, this new job. I was so excited to take. My whole family was excited for me. Uh, my professors, you know, it was a, a very, very um, well-established position. And in those final moments, though, I realized that there are a lot of other good, qualified people who could work in this job. But I realized that in this moment, Christ was calling me somewhere different. And I realized he was asking me to let go of all of these societal expectations, all of the ideas that I had for myself, that my family had for myself, to let go of those things, to trust those things to somebody else, and to trust my life now more fully to Christ. And that required a lot of detachment, um, a lot of surrender, and a whole lot of trust in God's love for me and love for his people in the way that he was going to call for me to trust in God's calling in my life. And so with that, I, I turned down the job and I committed myself to going back to Asia as a Catholic lay missionary. And I remember telling Christ, because when I started out on this, this new ministry, this new path in my life, um, I didn't have the support of my family, my friends, or even my own faith community, because there was a deep lack of understanding of the lay vocation to mission. And so I realized, Lord, if this is truly what you are calling me to, I need to trust fully and completely in your provision for me. And, and it was a real test of faith, an incredible test of faith but one that has been rewarded again and again. And I think the way that I've been rewarded most beautifully, most deeply in this trusting in God and this great faith uh, to go follow him into Asia as a lay missionary on almost nothing, uh, really like the sending out of the 72, you know, with a pack on my back and the sandals on my feet. That was kind of it because I had just graduated from Stanford, turned down job offers, so I had student loans up to here. My family wasn't going to support me. I was on my own. But I knew I wasn't on my own because if this was what Christ was calling me to, he really would provide. And he did. And he did. And in beautiful ways that stretched me, uh, really, really stretched me, that pruned me, and helped me grow closer to him. And, and it developed as much as I felt I knew Christ before, and as close as I felt 
to Christ up until that point and, and, and deeply experienced his love in my life. Oh, I went so much more intimate because in understanding that I needed to place myself fully in God's provision and his care, it really helped me go deeper in understanding what my true need for God is and just how much he loves me and just how much he's going to take care of me. And it was this incredible journey and growth of faith for me. And I am ever so grateful because it wasn't easy. It was a real struggle. And I think anytime we do follow Christ in the way that he's calling us in our lives, we are going to necessarily encounter struggle, um, encounter great difficulty and trial. It's not going to be easy, but it's incredibly blessed because in the process, in being able to persevere in the way that Christ is calling each and every one of us, we do that thing that Christ is most fully calling us to, which is to grow closer and deeper in love with him and, and to really cling to the cross. My beloved spiritual director, Father Dave Ayat, would always talk about this, is going to Christ, clinging to the cross, um, and allowing everything that we do to flow from your prayer with Jesus Christ. And, and so that closeness to Christ, that intimacy with our most precious Lord is what has helped to uh, really keep me going through all of this time, has lifted me up and uh, filled me with uh, a joy, a wonder, a, a love and a peace beyond all knowing, beyond all imagination. And that's something he wants for each and every one of us. And we find that out in responding to Christ's call. He gives us that beautiful example of Mary uh, who responds with her fiat. And I'm always inspired by that. But even Christ in his own mission of the Father, I think one of the, if we look at the mysteries of Christ's life, probably the one that I identify most deeply with uh, is his agony in the garden. And, and that was actually a, a meditation, a daily meditation that I had to do when Christ was bringing me into a more deep and complete surrender in my own life to more fully detach myself um, from all the things that I've become comfortable with in my life and any sense of complacency with my faith and to really place myself fully and completely in his hands. And it, it's been the most beautiful thing of my life and as difficult as it was in that moment being pruned, um, going through that surrender, but it was looking to Christ in his agony of the garden and saying, not my will, O Lord, but yours be done. And he was that perfect model of faith and loving obedience to his own father that enabled me to let go and follow Christ into the way that he's called me. And so that's what I wish for all of you, to pray and discern how Christ is calling you in your own life and in mine to be this missionary to go out to foreign lands, foreign cultures, and witness to the truth and love of Jesus Christ. But all of us, by virtue of our baptism in Jesus Christ, is called to be evangelists of the gospel, whether as a missionary in a foreign culture or as an evangelist right there in our own backyard. So I encourage each and every one of you to discern how is Christ calling you and to truly trust in his love and to respond with that same beautiful fiat of the Blessed Virgin Mary and of Christ himself. It says, not my will, O Lord, but yours be done. God bless you all. Thank you so much.